guys, welcome back to Simply Kim. For those of you who are new, thank you so much for checking it out. And for those of you who have been here before, welcome back. I feel like I haven't talked to you guys forever. And I know that I have said this the last, I don't even know how many episodes, but um, I am finally almost healthy. Uh, I ended up, since the last time I talked to you, I ended up with nasty bronchitis. And I used to get it twice a year in San Diego and I haven't had it since I moved to Vegas. So like a year and a half. Um, but man, this one made up for lost time. So I ended up, um, a couple weeks ago we had a snow day, a day. I, let me rephrase that. We had a day. It snowed a lot in Las Vegas. Uh, if you're friends with me on social media, then you saw pictures. If not, then you probably saw pictures from other people that, you know, just wondering what the hell was going on and why the zombie apocalypse was coming to Vegas via a snowstorm. So it, um, it snowed a lot and we were all anticipating having a snow day. And then the superintendent decided, nope, let's have them come to school. So, uh, that was on a Thursday, like two, two Thursdays ago. Anyways, three Thursdays to go. Oh my God. I don't know. I've been sick for so long. I don't even know what week it was. Uh, so we all go to school and, you know, roads are closed and buses are spinning out and it took our school starts at our buses start unloading at seven 15 and it took until 10 45. I think it was for the last bus to get there. So I ended up leaving work early that day and going to urgent care because the cough had started to settle in and I was like, Yep, this is not going to go away. So I go to urgent care. She gives me an antibiotic and a cough syrup or a cough suppressant and something else. Bless you, JJ. <laughs> if you hear sneezing, my dogs are having allergy issues right now too and they're in the room. So <clears throat> that was JJ's adorable little sneeze there. Um, so, and then she gave me uh, prednisone, but she put me on like a constant dose. So... All in all, I ended up having to do two rounds of antibiotics because nobody would just give me a Z-pack. I don't really know what that was all about, but whatever. And then I had to do 21 days of or of um, steroids. Um, and then they I had done two weeks of the constant dose. And then this week she put me on a uh, graduated dose. So like Monday and Tuesday, I was taking six pills a day. Um, and I was at work like, I was like, if I go start bench pressing cars or kicking open doors. You're going to know what happened. I'm like hulking out. Uh, and then, and then they gave me a steroid inhaler and a regular inhaler. And so all told, I think I spent like, I don't know, $27,000 trying to get healthy, but, uh, it is finally kind of released its grip. Although I will say the weather could improve and get its shit together. And that would help because uh, it snowed. And then literally by the next week, it was like 70, and then last week it rained and then now it's going to rain again this week. <clears throat> so shit that normally doesn't bloom in the desert is blooming. It's great. So anyways, um, that's where I've been long story short. And so, and I actually <laughs> recorded this episode two days ago and apparently, uh, did not hit the save button, which was unfortunate. So we're trying again. Uh, so anyways, it has been quite a week. Um, I think I just wanted to, we'll, we'll just get the, the sad 
stuff out of the way and then we'll move on to the happier. Well, I don't know if it's happier. We'll move on to the TV stuff because I've got some TV stuff that I've been watching that I got to update you guys all on. But, um, you know, last week we got the very, very sad news that Luke Perry had passed away. And when he had his stroke, I actually texted Beth and I was like, I am just not prepared to deal with a Luke Perryless world. And she said, you know, well, I'm sure he's getting the best care that, you know, possible. And, and I'm sure he was. Um, and so, you know, it's, I work with stroke patients. Um, lots of them I, over the years I've worked with, I have worked with people who have had strokes in their thirties. I have worked with people who have had strokes in their eighties. I have worked with people who had minimal loss and I've worked with people who lost all speech and swallowing. And so, you know, I've kind of seen the range as far as, you know, what, what can happen after a stroke. And I think, I think the reason that this one affected me and so many other people the way it did is because a, like he wasn't a guy who was known for being a partier or, you know, overweight or anything like that. And I mean, I don't know in his personal life, maybe he did. I don't know. But it didn't seem like he was, you know, um, Charlie Sheening his way through life. You know, he seemed to be pretty well put together. Um, you know, if you look at him, he looked like he was in great shape. Uh, so for somebody at his age and in his level of health or apparent level of health, I mean, obviously, like we can never know exactly what's going on inside of somebody's body. But, um, you know, it seemed like things were going pretty well. So. I think I think there was a couple of different reasons why it hit people so hard. And I, a lot of people in my kind of age range, like the, the, you know, 10 years around me, 15 years around me age range, maybe like five years younger, 10 years older. I think it was like a combination of, you know, Beverly Hills was kind of the first show that was a real phenom kind of a show where, where people were like tearing down malls to get to the cast and, and it lasted for so long. And I think when we were talking about binge watching shows, Matt and I actually talked about Beverly Hills and kind of its impact on TV and, you know, the, the things that Beverly Hills opened the door for, um, it opened the door for large casts that were, um, kind of all splitting storylines. And I feel like on a lot of shows before it, you would have large casts, but there would be like one or two people who were the main characters. And even though it started with two people kind of being the main characters, by the time all was said and done, it really was, you know, a cast of however many were on that season. Um, and each of them really had their driving storylines. Some of them were stronger some seasons than others, but uh, they really did a good job of like, developing the characters more thoroughly than I feel like a lot of shows had done previously. And the arc of the characters, particularly Dylan McKay, you know, to, to see the range of things that Luke Perry had to play. Um, the, the bad boy, the, the reformed good, you know, who becomes a reformed good boy, who becomes a reformed super bad boy, who's a millionaire and then loses all of his money to his fake family. And then, 
ends up in drugs and, and has this crazy father with all of this baggage and background. And, um, it just, it was, it was one of those characters where you consistently, even when he was at his worst, you loved him because like Luke Perry brought something lovable to Dylan McKay that made you kind of connect with him and want to stick with him. And I think, um, I think Luke Perry did that in all of his roles. And I, like Buffy the Vampire Slayer is probably one of my favorite, most underrated movies of all time. I think it's like, it's probably number 12 on my list, which is the only reason why it wasn't in my top 10 when we did that episode. And I, I just, it's so funny and it's, it's just so well done. And, um, he was just fantastic in that. If you haven't seen it in a while, watch it. I rewatched it last week and I really was like, wow, I forgot how much I love. Like, I, I always know I love the movie, but it's not until I'm actually watching it that I remember how much I love his performance. And then the other one that just kills me is uh, Eight Seconds. And, um, you know, he plays Lane, who's a real cowboy who, well, okay. I'm, I feel like this is like spoiling the Titanic at this point. Uh, he died in the rodeo scene. And uh, it, it's a very well-known story. <laughs> so if you didn't know, spoiler alert, sorry. Um, but his performance in that is just magnificent. And if you haven't seen 8 Second, I cannot, I love it. It's, it's such a great movie. But the soundtrack for it is one of my favorite soundtracks of all time. I think the only two soundtracks that might be a little bit above it are um, My Best Friend's Wedding and Boogie Nights. Fight me on any of them. And um, when people say, well, I don't like country music, I'm like, really? Listen to the eight second soundtrack and tell me that you don't like country music because there's just some, oh my God, amazing songs on there. Uh, so yeah, so like... You know, I think it was like a, it was, it was kind of a double punch in the gut with this one because, um, you know, obviously people in that same age group, as I talked about after, you know, Chris Cornell passed away, there's just been so much loss for that age group. The, um, the Kurt Cobain's and the Chris Cornell's and the, like, it just, it's kind of just, uh, the, um, I just lost his name from Lincoln Park. Chester. No. Is it Chester? Okay. As soon as I get done recording this, I'm going to remember his name and then I'm going to be sad. But anyways, the, you know, and Heath Ledger and there's just been so much. Um, and I just feel like, you know, it's, I feel like it seemed like, I don't know we were kind of out of the woods. And then in the same day, <laughs> there were two because there was also, um, the lead singer from prodigy. And, you know, I, I was like, that was shocking because I think that was another one that it, it kind of seemed like so out of the blue. And so Keith Flint, there we go. Um, it just seems so odd timing wise, like just, you know, and obviously we never know what people are going through, but, um, so, you know, that was a super, super sad day. I was never a huge Prodigy fan, but I have a lot of friends who are huge Prodigy, huge Prodigy fans. So, um, you know, I definitely felt their 
sadness through. Like, I, I definitely could relate to how they felt. And so I think, like, the other part of the Luke Perry thing is the reality that, like, a 52-year-old, I mean, you know, and I'm 40, so somebody barely, you know, 10 years older than me, 11, well, I'm almost 41, so 11 years older than me, you know, to have somebody that close to you in age die of a massive stroke, it just kind of brings into perspective, like, the whole, you know, you're really never safe. So I want to just kind of share uh, a couple of things that you can look for in people or in yourself uh, that might be warning signs for strokes. And I encourage you to Google it because there are lots and lots of websites with lots and lots of information. Uh, This is just a real quick and dirty kind of what I keep in mind working in the field that I do, where I work with people who have had strokes and are at risk for having another one. Um, So I always remember FAST, and I know that I've seen a couple of different ways it's broken down, but basically you're looking for facial expressions and facial features. If somebody suddenly starts having like a drooping on their one side of their face or the other, if one side of their mouth isn't moving when they're talking, if one eye seems to be suddenly like not working with the other eye, um, you want to ask them to smile. And if they can't smile with both sides of their mouth, that's definitely a concern. Call 911. Um, so the next one is, um, arms and I've seen lots of different things for the A's in these, but I remember the arms because a lot of people who are having a stroke either say that they have numbness or tingling or odd, sudden, sharp, like pains, like pins and needles kind of pains in one arm or the other. So if you hear anything like that, ask them to raise both arms over their head. If they cannot raise both arms over their head, call 911 or get them to the emergency room by the quickest means possible. Um, the next one is their speech. So the S speech, um, you want to be listening for like, if it's suddenly slurred, if it's suddenly they can't formulate sentences beyond remembering, you know, like, a you know, a typical word retrieval issue. Uh, I'm talking about where they suddenly just can't put together sentences or can't answer questions or might just be looking at you oddly or look like they're groping to try and put together a word or a sentence. Definitely, that is a concern. And a lot of these can overlap with other neurological things. But I think to be safe, just get to the hospital. And, you know, best case scenario is they tell you something else, something minor, or, you know, it's just a fluke or whatever. But best case scenario is you could save somebody's life. So, and then the last thing um, to remember is just time. If somebody is having any of these kind of symptoms, do not let them talk you into waiting. They don't need to clean anything, cook anything, call anyone, do anything, put them, put on a sweatshirt or a coat if it's cold outside and get them to the hospital. Um, A lot of times people who are in the middle of a stroke suddenly like decide that that's a good time to, I don't know, start doing random projects or, you know, oh, well, I'll go after dinner. Nobody gives a shit about dinner. Nobody needs dinner. Forget dinner. Just, you know, leave dinner, turn off the burner and go. You can deal with it later. So, yeah, that's all I really have to say about that. I just wanted it to, um, you know, take a little second and just sort of 
continue the stroke PSA that I think has kind of started this week. And I think it's really important that people know all of this information because, you know, it really can save a life. And, uh, and you know, the, the quicker you can move, the better the odds. So, so that's that. So on to, I don't know, I would say happier news, but <laughs> most of the time it's not actually happier news. Uh, I finally, after seven years of groundwork, my friend at work actually pushed me right over the edge last Sunday to break down and watch Game of Thrones. So thank you, Megan. Thank you. Uh, no, Tiffany and Matt were super excited. Uh, they've been trying to convince me for years. And so Matthew's response was a text message with the word YAS, Y-A-S-S, in all capitals with a lot of exclamation marks. And at one point it was YAS B. And I was like, what is happening right now? <laughs> So uh, I actually had to text our friend John and be like, go get your boy. He's he's melting down on me. Um, but yeah, so I started. I am currently on season three, episode five, four, five. I think I'm starting five. And um, I so 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 far, my my kind of where I am with the show right now. Uh, I'm not a hundred percent emotionally attached, but I think part of the problem is I have a really hard time and we've discussed this before, but I have a really hard time, uh, remembering this many characters and how they're related to each other and who did what to who and who's with who and who's in what house and who's where and who's what, like I have most of the Lannister people figured out. I have, um, Danny and the lions, lions, dragons. I need a nap, man. Holy crap. Quit watching shows, Kim, and take a nap. Daylight savings time is kicking my ass. Um, Danny and the, I'm, I don't know where lions even came from. There's not even anything with lions. I'm looking around to see if there's anything with lions in front of me. There is not. And to the best of my knowledge, there have been no lions in the show. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the hell just happened there. Dragons. Um, but one of the things I was super concerned about was the fantasy element, because I think like when you haven't been watching the show and like you just hear about it, I think the fantasy elements kind of are the ones that get like pushed out that you kind of are like, oh, this is like a Lord of the Rings kind of a show. And so what I do appreciate is that they did start with almost no fantasy elements at all. It was just all humans, um, with the exception of like, you know, an occasional like wolf hybrid thing here and there but even then like it still looks like a real animal and then gradually they've introduced the sort of magic fantasy elements so that you could kind of acclimate without it being like lord of the rings where it's just like everything's named something else and everything is you know a weird cgi character and so and uh yeah so i definitely understand the memes i've seen where it's like <laughs> there was there's like several variations of it, but it's like, I love Game of Thrones. This is my new favorite character. Wait, he died. I hate this show. Oh, look, a new favorite character. Oh, wait, he and then you know repeat cycle over and over and over. Um, and so I frequently find myself texting one of the three individuals who dragged me into this for like information, and I'll be like, Why did this happen? And they're like, Um, because that person's a dick. 
there's really no other way just because he's a dick and it wasn't like there was no deep-rooted uh symbol or anything he just is a dick and i'm like all right well fair enough molly really was that necessary molly was on the couch and i'm sitting on the floor next to the couch and apparently she decided that she needed to be in the two inches of space between me and the couch so she literally just like (laughs) jumped off like fell off the couch into the little spot anyways these dogs today i tell you so um yeah so i mean i'm i'm i have watched three well two and a half seasons since last sunday so, I mean, clearly it's it's keeping me watching it. Um, now my concern is that the new season starts on April 14th and that's all fine and well, except for next weekend, my parents are here and my mom and I will be like prepping for my move. And then the next weekend, my cousins and the boys will be here. So there will be like nothing, you know, I'll be visiting with them. And then the following weekend, I'll have time to actually, like, watch for, you know, the two days. And then the weekend after that, I'm in San Diego for the one nephew's birthday. And then the following weekend is the move. And then the show starts. And I am concerned that if I am not caught up by the time the show starts, that ass clowns on the interwebs are going to ruin it for me. So I'm really, like, I feel like I'm up against a time schedule right now. And like trying to, I feel like I should have like a printed out calendar of the next few weeks so that I can like have a pacing guideline. And then I'm like, I don't think it should be this much work to watch a show. But normally when I binge watch things, I plan them for like Christmas break. And I was home for multiple days on end and watched everything on the Netflix. And then I actually texted Megan and said, hey, what should I watch next? And she conned me into this. Yeah, I said conned if she's listening to this. Whatever. But um, before I watched it, some other things that I watched on Netflix, uh, I did both seasons of Friends from College. And I only did it because they had announced that they were canceling it. And that is the show, for those of you who are unaware, that is the show with um, Key from Key and Peele. Peel and Key, I don't know. Anyways, Keegan, Michael Keegan, anyways, him. And then Kobe Smolders and Fred Savage and some other people. And it's pretty rough the first season. I mean, there's moments where it's funny. The cast is very odd. And like for us to believe that all these people went to Harvard is very difficult. Like four out of six of them are believable. Two out of six of them, I'm like, they were at Harvard? I just, I don't know about all this. But anyways. Um, but the show actually like really kind of finds its groove and gets into a sweet spot towards the end of the second season and then they cancel it. And you're just like, really? I would have, I actually would have thought like based on the second season and, and how much better it was and how the story came along that they would have kept it because, but what do I know? I guess Netflix, you know, Netflix going to do what Netflix is going to do. Um, I also watched the minimalism documentary, which is really interesting. And I actually kind of highly recommend it because I think a lot of people are super confused about the term minimalist. Uh, I have been kind of steadily working towards becoming a minimalist. And I think it's, it's taken me a really long time to get to the point where I'm emotionally prepared to become a minimalist. But I think the thing is, is that 
you know, the, the point is not to have no things. The point is to have things that actually mean something. And I'm currently dealing with going through a bunch of Rubbermaid tubs that have just been moved from place to place to place as I have moved and are filled with shit that I'm like, I don't, <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to throw you in the dumpster, but I don't want you here anymore. So I'm currently going through tubs and going to be putting things on like websites to sell or giving them to friends with kids or whatever, because, you know, it's, it's, I, I just don't, they're in my closet and, and I haven't opened them or looked at them since I moved here. And before that, it was since I had moved to that place. And before that, it was since I had moved to that place. And so it leads me to believe that I don't really need them in my life. They're just, they're just here taking up space and collecting dust. So like, I think I, and, and so going off of the minimalist documentary, the next thing that Netflix recommended was <laughs> tidying up with Marie Kondo, which I love her and I think she's adorable and I like she's amazing and I, I love her plan. But I was talking to Beth and I was like, what do I do if because I'm not I think the thing with clothes is I'm just not a I'm just not into clothes. I've never been. And so occasionally I'll have something where I'm like my super cute shirt for going out purposes. But those get fewer and further between the more I don't have the inclination to want to go out anymore. <laughs> so I was like, what happens if nothing sparks joy? Like, what do you do? So we've decided, like, as far as clothing goes, I'm going to go with things that spark joy or things that fit and are presentable at work that don't piss me off. Because you know, I mean, like the reality is like I work in a job where a lot of times I just don't care. And like, I don't want to look super cute at work because I get good on all day long. And yes, good on is the best way to phrase it. I get people's saliva and snot and other bodily functions on me all day long. And there's nothing that I can do to stop that from happening. So there's really no point in going out and buying super cute outfits to be good on. I mean, I think like, you know, there's a cuteness level that you don't want to surpass when you're being gooed on all day. I'm just going to see how many times I can say gooed on in one sentence. Apparently it's like a lot. But um, so, yeah, so I but I was laughing because I was like, God, by the time I move, I'm going to have like a picture frame, two dogs and like a sweatshirt and be like, I don't know. Marie Kondo convinced me to get rid of everything else. Just I just took it all and started a bonfire. So, um, yeah, so I highly recommend her show. If you, especially if you are in a point when you need inspiration to clean out, because she really does have a, a great system. And I think watching people who are in way worse shape than you makes it seem more doable for you. I don't know. Maybe that's just how I roll, but it's kind of like the same thing I'm working on, like, you know, paying off my car and my credit cards right now. And I listen to the Dave Ramsey show because there are people who are in so much uh, worse shape due to so many worse decisions than I've made. And so I can kind of feel better about myself. So that's kind of the same situation here. Like if they could do it, I could do it for sure. So, um, so I highly recommend that. And then if you are a person who is into plastic surgery disasters, which I am weirdly obsessed with plastic surgery shows, uh, botched up bodies, not botched, botched up bodies is Great. And I will say that's another one where I watch and some people I'm like, you literally got a tummy tuck 
in a foreign country without a lot of planning and you didn't really plan enough time for your recovery and you have a hole in your stomach and I almost can't feel bad for you because you made so many terrible choices. Sorry, not sorry. But um, yeah, so that one was super, again, not for the, not for the faint of heart or the weak stomach, but uh, it was entertaining. And let's see. I think those were the ones that I really enjoyed. I watched a whole lot of shit that was terrible and I don't recommend. Um, but yeah, those were kind of my standouts. So anywho, um, I think that's all. I mean, I really sadly have nothing else to report except for I have been watching a lot of Netflix and uh, taking a lot of medicine. <laughs> So I'm happy to be out of that. Uh, I'm, I'm happy to at least be uh, nearly free of the medicine at this point. Hopefully by the middle of this or by the beginning, whatever. In the next couple of days, we'll be we'll be completely over it. <clears throat> so I am not going to say that I will uh, be recording as soon as possible because every time I say that, uh, the universe seems to strike me down with some kind of plague. So I will talk to you guys whenever I talk to you. It's going to be a surprise and you're not going to know when it's going to happen. Just gonna, just boom. I'm just going to hit you with it. That's how we're going to do this. So um, anyways, I hope you guys have a fantastic day or night whenever you're listening to this. And if you are excitedly waiting for Game of Thrones, um, let me know. And if you, oh, also, if you have any like, uh, I have a podcast that I've been listening to episodes of, but if anybody has any great, like online resources that are like, I don't know, the dummies guide to game of Thrones that is like, you know, not well known about, uh, make sure you send them to me or comment on any of the social media or whatever. Um, because I need all the assistance that I can get. And yeah. So <laughs> anyways, Uh, I will talk to you guys soon and uh, take care. And yeah, that is all. Bye.